Now, although this in some way may be viewed upon us as a new problem, it's also an age-old problem, a problem that the Bible has addressed thousands of years ago when it discussed the treatment of widows. The Apostle Paul writes to his young protege, young Timothy. Timothy's about to take over a church and the Apostle Paul writes to him and tells him about the church. He opens up uh, Timothy and there's five chapters dealing with end times, uh, chapter three dealing with the uh, attributes of a leader, but comes to chapter five and it talks about treating particular types of people in the church. And he says, Timothy, when it comes to the church, don't sharply censor or rebuke an older man, but entreat and plead with him as you would with a father. Treat younger men like brothers, but treat older women like mothers and younger women like sisters in all purity. Always treat with great consideration and give aid to those who are widows. Help them, he says. Give aid to them. And the Apostle Paul is sharing with this young man in, about church life, but he said, when it comes to widows, always treat with great consideration and give aid to those who are widows. It's interesting, the word widows means to be forsaken or left empty. To be forsaken or left empty. And the Hebrew word for widow is the word almanah. And it has at its root the word alem, meaning I'm unable to speak. I'm, I'm unable to speak up for myself. And it also comes from the root, meaning to be in pain. And in the New Testament, in a patriarchal society, the woman who had lost her husband and children were in many respects disadvantaged and even oppressed from the social, economic, legal, and religious standpoint. And today we see in many, many developing nations, this is still so very true and evident and is a huge need. And as I've traveled throughout India, as I've traveled throughout Asia, as I've traveled throughout Africa, we see the plight of the widow. We see them by the side of the road. When I can remember, I don't know if Peter was with me. We used to leave Kampala, Uganda. And as we went out of town, there was this roundabout. and I saw a group of trees in the roundabout where they had planted and this blue tarpaulin went up and down. And I, I, I saw it, I said, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a body under that. And so I said to my driver, can we go back to that roundabout? And he said, Pastor Mark, why? I said, I, I saw something under that tarpaulin. And without even stopping, he said, oh, Pastor Mark, that's a widow. I said, you know about her. Pastor Mark, that's where she lives. I said, please take me back. We drove back and I said, now slow down. And went around the roundabout. And as we went around the roundabout, underneath this piece of tarpaulin, this frail little body of a widow. 1 Timothy 5, 3 says, Take care of any widow who has no one else to care for her. And I love this because the word care comes from the original in the King James, which means to honour. And could we pause for a moment now 
Put our hands together and honour all our widows at this meeting today. We honour you. We honour you today. Just briefly, I want to share with what does God think about widows? What does Jesus think about widows? What does the early church, how did they act with widows? And what did the Apostle Paul say about widows? Just briefly. What does the Bible say when it comes to God's thought on it? Psalms 146 verse 9 says, The Lord protects the foreigners amongst us. He cares for the orphans and the widows. Psalm 146 verse 9 in the message says, God loves good people, protects strangers, and takes the side of the orphans and the widows. He will stand with them and defend them. Deuteronomy 10.18 says, He enforces His justice for the powerless, such as orphans and widows. Deuteronomy 27.19 says, Cursed is anyone who denies justice to foreigners, orphans, or widows. That word deny justice, justice means to be fair, to treat with fairness. Isaiah 1.17 says, Learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of orphans, and fight for the rights of widows. It's sad to see, but it was only uh, seven years ago that the United Nations actually came together and declared the 23rd of June International Widows Day around the world. Widows have rights, so fight for them. Jeremiah 22.3 says, This is what the Lord says, Be fair-minded and just. Do what is right. Help those who have been robbed. Rescue them from their oppressors. Quit your evil deeds. Do not mistreat foreigners, orphans, and widows. Exodus 22.23 Don't mistreat widows or orphans. If you do, and they cry out to me, you can be sure I'll take them most seriously. The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but He protects the property of the widows. What was going on here? Why was God speaking through the prophets all the time about mistreating the widows and the orphans? God is echoing His heart's desire and commitment to this people group, the widows. And he uses very strong words. He says, I will curse those who mistreat them. And Exodus 22, 23, if no one hears their cry, I will hear their cry. And God is sharing, these women are to be protected. And as we read the Old Testament, we see that there were certain practices and principles put in place to protect and provide for the widows. There was something called the Leveret or the Levirate marriage. And what that meant was, is when a woman became a widow, it was the Jewish law that the brother of the deceased husband should marry her. Or if that brother was already married, the next of kin who was not married would then marry the widow to ensure that she was protected and provided for. And we see that in Naomi and Ruth. We see Ruth had lost her husband. Naomi lost her husband too. And when they came back, 
Ruth was out working and already there was plans in place that Boaz, who was a kinsman, a relation, was always, uh, they were working on behind the scenes to make this happen so that she'd be protected and provided for. God is serious when it comes to reaching out and protecting the widows. We also see that there was writings in the Bible that when it came to farming, they told the farmers how to farm their fields and think of the widows. The farmers were told that when they harvested an acre of land, not to harvest right out to the very edge of the property, but to leave a boundary. And that allocated distance of boundary was for the widows and the orphans. And they said, so when you harvest, don't go to the extreme and use everything for yourself. Think of the widows. God is taking it all through the Word and bringing it out in His Word. The widows are dear to me. It says here, when you're harvesting your field, if you forget a sheaf of wheat, don't go back out into the field to get it. Let the orphans and the foreigners and the widows take it. If you do this, I love this, the eternal God will say after me, will bless everything you do. I like that. Pastor Mark, I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed with everything I do. Care for the widows. Look after them. Care for them. It says, when you beat your olive tree to knock the olives onto the ground where you can harvest them, don't shake each brand again and again to strip the tree clean. Leave some for the foreigners, the orphans and the widows. When you cut the grapes off your vines, don't go around a second time inspecting with a magnifying glass going, there's still one bunch right in there. No, leave it for the foreigners, the orphans and the widows. How does it apply to Mark Baker today? When I get my pay, I tithe, pay my bills, put a percentage away for saving, a little bit for cryptocurrency. That didn't go over. That's my faith element. <laughs> Especially in the last 48 hours, Josie. But then I'm with my money. I don't sit there with my wife and I go, hey, we still got all this money left over. What can we do? No, what can I do for others? That's why you hear the word that comes up, tithes and offerings. Bless other people. Think and pray about other people. When your allocated pay comes in, look at it and say, I'm tithing. I'm looking after my own things. And then there's a component there that I can reach out and be a blessing to others. And the Lord will see, truly you will be blessed. There's a story then, as we move from the Old Testament with God, we move to Jesus. What did Jesus say about widows? Luke chapter 7. It wasn't long after this when Jesus entered a city called Nain. Again, all his disciples accompanied him along with a huge crowd. He was coming near the gate of the city as a corpse was being brought out. This man, the corpse, was the only child and support of his widowed mother. And she was accompanied by a large funeral crowd. So when the Lord saw her, 
His heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said to the widow. Then he walked, the mother, then he walked over to the coffin and touched it. And the pallbearer stopped. Young man, he said, he spoke over this young dead, dead body. I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. I see Jesus seeing the compassion of a mom being left alone. And God and Jesus moved by compassion, felt, I need to fix this. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, there was a judge in the city who did not fear God nor man. He was untouchable in a place and position of great power. But there was a widow in the city and she comes to this judge. What was her cry? Luke 18, verse 3. There was once a judge in some city who never gave God a thought and cared nothing for people. But a widow in that city kept after him. And she kept saying, My rights are being violated. Protect me. My rights. Let me read to you from the United Nations report. The loss of a partner is devastating. For many women, that loss is magnified by a long-term struggle for basic needs, their human rights and dignity. They may be denied inheritance rights to the piece of land that they relied on for livelihood or evicted from their homes, forced into unwanted marriages or traumatized widowhood rituals. They are stigmatized for life, shunned and shamed. And many of these abuses go unnoticed, even normalized. Right now, there are an estimated 258 million widows around the world. And nearly one in 10 live in extreme poverty. And as women, they have specific needs, but their voices and experiences are often absent from policies that impact their survival. And hence the United Nations observes now today, the 23rd of June, as International Widows Day, to draw attention to the voices and the experiences of widows and to galvanize together the unique united support that they need. Nothing is more powerful, exposes the heart of Jesus towards widows than we see his last actions on the cross. While the soldiers were looking after themselves, Jesus' mother, his auntie, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene all came and they stood at the foot of the cross and Jesus was there and just bare and, and beaten and bruised. But it says in that moment when Jesus was on the cross, he looked out and in that last moment, I can imagine his eyes locking onto his mum. And he says, woman, here is your son, indicating John the disciple. And then to the disciple, he looked and he says, John, here is your mother. From that moment, the disciple accepted her as his own mother. That breaks my heart. Jesus is there. He's done everything. And in 
He's given everything up. Right now, and it's this moment where he's in pain, but he's still there in that moment, careful, considerate, connecting with, and said, I want someone there to be there and care for my mum. You see, the early church, the first church in the New Testament, what was their area of focus? What ministries were they building into the heart of the church? We see and we get a little glimpse of what they were focusing on because it became a problem. In Acts chapter 6, 1 to 2, we read, But as the believers were rapidly multiplied, there was rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying this, Our widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. Some of our widows are missing out on food. And it became an area of complaint. So what did they do? They took counsel, appointed leadership to make sure that all the widows were being attended to. There's another interesting story from the early church in Acts chapter 9, revealing the heart and the spirit of people towards widows. There's the story of Tabitha. We read about it in Acts chapter 9. She lived in a place called Joppa and she had recently died. And Peter was called, can you come to this place and see this woman that was helping the community? And it says here, Acts chapter 9, 36, there was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha. She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor and the widows. So Peter returned with them and as soon as he arrived, they took him to the upstairs room and the room was filled with widows. The room was filled with widows. The room was filled with widows. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him all the coats and the clothes she had made for them. So what did Peter do? I love this. It's not with you guys. Here we go. So Peter asked them all to leave the room. And then he knelt and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Arise, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. And then he called in all the widows. And he showed them that she was alive. The early church understood the power of looking after widows so in closing we've heard from the heart of God we've understood from the Old Testament we've heard from the heart of Jesus and the early church and finally the Apostle Paul writing to his son in the faith Timothy talking about what's the construct of a church what should we be teaching them chapter 1 warned of against false teachers 
chapter 2, instructions about worship. Chapter 3, leadership in the local church. Chapter 4, warnings against false teachers. And chapter 5, about how to treat the elders and the widows. Take care of the widows who are destitute, he said. And if a widow has family members to take care of her, let them learn that religion begins at their own doorstep and that they should pay back with gratitude some of what they have received. This pleases God immensely. Can we say that together? This pleases God immensely. The word care means honor, to place value on something. And today I want to take just a few moments to just do that as we've been honoring the widows amongst us. I'd like to call my wife just up to the front here, sweetheart. And then I'd like to invite, and as, as they come, could the widows come? Just downstairs here. And we'd like to give you a gift from our church to you. And uh, Pastor Dave, could you come? Just help me. Could you put your hands together? Can I invite all the widows to come today? Come on. Can you help your mum, Karen? Barb? Come on, you know who you are. Judy? Come on. Put your hands together. We honour you, ladies, today. We honour you. Can we put our hands together for Mum Pan today? It's her first Sunday back after her operation. You're doing well. Thank you, thank you. Where's Chantel? Oh, thank you. Here, honey. We'll just, they want photos just for you guys. Yep. Yeah. You can keep them. Okay, good. Thank you. This special lady here, I remember, I used to play golf with her husband. And uh, right up until the time when he, uh, I was playing golf out at Gawler. And he was slowing down. And I said, what's wrong with you? He said, I just can't keep up like I used to. I joked, not realizing it was the early signs of lung cancer. Yeah. And uh, so we walked together for that journey. And, uh, yeah, that special, special man. Judy Alice just went back to seat there. I remember when her husband came to this church and over, just over there, powerfully got touched by God, powerfully. And he got baptized in the Holy Spirit. He, 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 he just shouted out, I've got it, I've got it. And uh, he began to help around this church and, help with your husband Jeff just to do all the work around here and to be able to care for you and to care for the widows is a privilege it's not a burden I remember I got the call when Ian Ellis dear dear friend of mine just went up to the shop and just collapsed with his heart and uh, we have his son here today thank you mate for looking after mum thank you for doing that yeah This lady here, she she gives me every year a bottle of chili. What is a chili sauce? It's as hot as anything. Yeah, you've got to pay for my medical bills to go and get ulcers or that treat. But I love her dearly. It's precious, precious, darling. 
And you've been away for a while. <laughs> you've been away getting an operation. It's good to see you today. I'm so glad you could make it on this special day. We actually had this day planned a couple of weeks ago and uh, had to work out to today. So I'm so glad. I reckon your prayers changed everything to make it happen today. <laughs> we love you. Well, come on, put your hands together. And this is, uh, sweetheart, while you just get ready to close in the worship there. This is just, it, I didn't even plan this in my message. If you just wanted to put a financial gift towards the widows today, all you do is just out the front there, put right on there for the widows. What we'll do is collate it all, and then we'll divide it up equally amongst the widows, just as a blessing. And uh, we can do that. Well, that's our service today. But just before we go, I just feel to do this. Could I ask you to invite, invite you to bow your head in prayer as I close in prayer today? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time today as we've drew aside to honour the widows. And I ask and pray, Lord, that you would continue to keep this awareness fresh in our hearts as we move from here today. And while every head is bowed, every eye closed, I'd like to give an opportunity. If there's someone here today, you say, Pastor Mark, I, I, I'm not probably walking as close to Jesus as I know I should. But I'd like to receive Jesus into my heart, become a Christian. I'd love to connect with God. I don't want to leave here today. I want to be assured knowing that all is well with me and my relationship with Jesus. Just while every head is bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, I would count it a privilege to be able to pray with you today. So while every head is bowed, every eye closed, all you have to do is just quickly put your hand up and say, Pastor Mark, would you pray for me? Just across the auditorium right now, is there someone here? Pastor Mark, would you pray for me? Just across here right now. 